Random question. When was the last time you just sat? No intention, no agenda, just sat. Maybe even zoning out. Maybe over a cup of coffee. Maybe just sitting in a rocking chair on a porch. I mean, when was the last time you just sat and stared at a garden, right? We used to have a garden, and oh my gosh, I love it, because butterflies are one of my most favorite, favorite um, animals. And just just sit. And I have so many videos, because we had like this garden with like so vibrant, and we put intentional things there to, to bring out the butterflies. Uh, but I mean, they're like this quiet, calming spot where the, the the world just seems to slow down, right? In spring, it's like this young child at a birthday party. It's just full of energy and just vibrant colors, right? And then when it comes to summer, it's in full swing. Like, um, well, that young child is now a teenager at a music festival, right? Just just eclectic and expressive and just all the feelings. And then autumn rolls in and the garden eh, begins to, to wind down a little as if it's wrapping up the party. I mean, this is what happens once you hit 30 and past that. But it's during winter when the garden begins to prepare for its long winter's nap. And honestly, this is when things become really interesting. This quiet, sleepy phase, it may seem uneventful, but underneath, this garden is secretly gearing up for the next big bloom. I recently came across a quote by Ariana Huffington, a well-known advocate for rest, and also just a sweetheart of a person. And she says it so perfectly. Everything you do, you'll do better with a good night's sleep. <laughs> I know, we dismiss it so easily, but it's so true. Everything you do, you'll do better with a good night's sleep. This resonated so deeply with me, especially as I explore all that I've been doing with breathing and with yoga and with mental and emotional wellness. Everything you do, you'll do better with a good night's sleep. The importance of rest has become increasingly clear, so much so that my family and I, we have actually started to embrace a concept of what's called Sabbath. Now, this means dedicating an entire day to rest, setting aside the usual tasks, the usual activities and errands. Now, this may require, actually it does require, some extra planning during the week, but the point is to devote a time to simply rest, to rejuvenate. And whether you call it a Sabbath or going off grid or just anything else, the core idea is the same. Taking time to fully disconnect and recharge. This isn't about physical rest, necessarily. It's also a time for mental and emotional rejuvenation. It's one day set aside for a leisure walk, maybe reading for pleasure, maybe doing a hobby that you just really love to do and you just feel guilty when you do it, or simply just sitting in silence 
right? I mean, soaking and some calm. It's about reconnecting with ourselves and each other, stepping away from the demands of our routines, because we do have routines and they do have demands. But what we have discovered is that this day of rest actually enhances our productivity during the week. We come back to our regular schedules feeling more refreshed, more creative, more capable. It's like hitting a reset button on our minds, giving us a fresh perspective as we start the week off. So while the idea of taking a full day off might seem daunting with everything that you have going on, the benefits are tremendous. It's a powerful way to remind ourselves of the importance of rest, giving ourselves permission to slow down, to breathe, and to just be. You know that we live in a world that is constantly urging us to do more. Choosing to rest is an act of self-care and self-respect. It's acknowledging that our well-being, you know what? important and that recharging is not just acceptable it's essential and as ariana huffington aptly puts it everything we do is done better with a good night's sleep and i would add with a well rested soul <laughs> today we're going to recognize the transformation that happens when we rest and when we take these personal Sabbaths. I'm going to show you how. Okay? So let's embrace these moments of pause and see how they enrich not only our days, but our lives. What changes could you see in your life if you started taking a full day each week just to rest, just to recharge? Well, I'm going to give you four ways to be creative in your rest. I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. Here, try this with me. Imagine you're strolling through a garden in the heart of winter. The once vibrant flowers are now resting under a blanket of snow, and the trees stand tall, but they're bare. It's quiet. It's serene, and there's actually a sense of peace that only winter can bring. This garden, in its dormant state, is a perfect metaphor for the importance of rest in our lives. So first things first, I want to show you embracing the art of doing nothing. In Italy, there is a concept known as le dolce far niente. Now, I'm not Italian, so if I butcher that, I do apologize. But it basically translates to the sweetness of doing nothing. They actually have a saying for this. I mean, leave it to the Italians because they just win at many things. But it's a concept that seems almost revolutionary in our hustle-driven world. But I want to delve deeper into this. Because in our society, both in person and online, 
there is this unspoken rule that means busyness with productivity and productivity with self-worth, right? I'm going to say that again. There's this unspoken rule for that. For some reason, we think busyness equates to productivity and then productivity means self-worth. We're conditioned to believe that every moment must be filled with something productive. Every moment must be useful. But what if we're missing out on something by constantly being in a state of doing? This la dolce far niente, this you know, setting aside the sweetness, right? The sweetness of doing nothing. This is an invitation to step off of the chaotic treadmill of busyness. It's about finding joy in the simple act of being, not doing. I mean, imagine sitting on a park bench, watching the leaves rustle in the wind, or feeling the sun on your face and doing absolutely nothing else. There's no goal, there's no agenda, just the present moment and the fullness of being alive in it. Well, that just sounds lazy, you might say. But laziness is often... um, It's a passive surrender to idleness without appreciating it. I'm going to open that up a little bit more. Because this concept of la dolce far niente is, on the other hand, it's an active choice. It's not being passive in the absence. It's about consciously deciding to pause, to save the moment, and to be fully present and just being in the midst of nothing. When we have these moments of doing nothing, our minds, our bodies, they have a chance to rejuvenate. Think of it like the, the snow-covered winter field from earlier. On the surface, it might seem unproductive. Nothing's happening. Nothing's growing. It's bare. It's dead. But beneath, the soil is restoring itself. It's gaining nutrients. It's preparing for future growth. And just like this field, when we allow ourselves moments of rest, we're not just idly passing time. We're nurturing our mental and our emotional well-being. We're recharging our creativity and gaining a deeper appreciation for the world around us. So with that being said, let me ask, When was the last time you allowed yourself the sweetness of doing nothing without guilt, without an agenda? Can you remember a moment where you were completely at ease, not trying to fill the space with activity or with thoughts? How did it feel to just be without the pressure to do? So this week, heck, today even, find one thing of sweetness and the stillness. Just one. But be active in the stillness. Maybe even just sitting with your hands in your lap after this episode, just for a few minutes. And just sitting there and just reflecting and just pausing. One active 
act of stillness. Now, speaking of finding comfort and stillness, this brings to mind how important our sleep environment is in achieving a state of restful calm. And yes, winter is here, well, except for you guys in Australia. And for me, that means struggling to find the right temperature when I sleep. I have to be honest. I love to keep it at like 68. I freeze the house. But I recently found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver-infused bed sheets by Miracle Made that were inspired by NASA. I mean, if that's not inspiration enough, I don't know what it is. These sheets are thermoregulating, designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long, ensuring better sleep every night. Plus, they're self-cleaning, infused with silver to prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. This means they stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. And let's not forget, they are luxuriously comfortable, feeling as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift or just want to upgrade your own sleep experience, check out Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash calm, C-A-L-M, and use the code calm, C-A-L-M, to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40 percent. That's trymiracle.com slash calm to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one this holiday season. With Miracle Made, transforming your sleep experience can be as rejuvenating as embracing the art of doing nothing. Now, let's shift our focus to another form of rejuvenation, one that involves immersing ourselves in the world of words. I'm talking about the ritual of slow reading. In life, we often skip through all of the information. We skim through it, right? Just get to the point, you say. What are the highlights? I don't need the backstory. This is where I want to share the idea of slow reading. It's like savoring a warm chocolate chip cookie. Slow reading is about immersing yourself in a book absorbing every word and letting the story resonate with you. Slow reading is a form of mental rest. It's a way to escape, to recharge. And honestly, it's one of my favorite things to do. But if you think about it, consider a book in your hands, right? It's a a simple object. But within its pages lies a whole other world. Slow reading is about entering this world slowly, deliberately. It's not about how many pages you turn, but about what those pages do to you, how they change you. In slow reading, you're not just a reader. You're experiencing the story. You take your time. You notice everything. The way the characters speak, the rhythm of the prose, the undercurrents of the story. Now, think about a book that held you in its grip. For me, it was Anthony Doerr's All the Light We Cannot See. Oh, my gracious. I read that book on a tour once, and I just could not put it down. 
And honestly, they felt like real people. I mean, it's historical fiction, which is my favorite genre to read. But they felt so real. I didn't want the book to finish. Or Matt Haig's The Midnight Library. That's another tremendous book. But um, when was the last time you read a book that made you slow down? That made you want to linger on every page? It's like a long walk in the woods where every step brings a new, oh, I've never seen that before, right? Well, you're content to just, well, be, to breathe in the story and let it fill you. Slow reading is a choice to go deep, to seek meaning, to live in the story. And it's also a reminder that sometimes the best way to move forward is to slow down, to savor every moment, each word, each page, It's a return to the love of reading, to the heart of what makes us human by stepping into the life of someone else, even if it is just for a few pages. Take the time, five minutes even, for a book that makes you want to read slowly, to live within its pages a little longer. You more than likely have more books in yourself than you care to admit. I know I do. So maybe start off your morning And even set a timer if you're concerned about it. Maybe five minutes of just simple reading. Or maybe in the afternoon after lunch, right? Just a few minutes to rest the mind during the day. Next up, creative hibernation. I know it sounds fancy, but here, let me tell you about it. Creative hibernation is like a a garden in winter. It's this concept that's both beautiful and necessary. Creative hibernation is a time when the visible growth pauses, but beneath the surface, there's a rich process of new life, of new things happening that you don't see above ground. This period of hibernation doesn't mean that there is a halt in creativity. Rather, it's a necessary part of the cycle. We're stepping back becomes as important as moving forward. Because we get so used to this unspoken pressure to just constantly produce, to to show tangible outcomes for our creative efforts. And as a creative myself, it's exhausting, right? But just as a garden doesn't bloom all year round, our creativity needs its seasons of rest also. So creative hibernation is about honoring this natural season. It's about understanding that sometimes the most productive thing we can do for our creativity is to allow it a period of rest. We're not abandoning our creative endeavors. Instead, we're giving ourselves the space to breathe, to reflect, and to gather new inspiration. It's a time for ideas to be born, to develop roots in the quiet corners of our mind. It's about letting our minds just wander, just explore, right? New thoughts and new possibilities and just dream without the pressure of immediate execution. Okay, I've got to make this work. I have to do this. No, just let your mind drift. The way I like to think about it is preparing the soil before planting. Oh, I'm going to say that again. It just sounded so great. Creative hibernation is all about preparing the soil before planting because you're enriching 
your mind. You're opening yourself to new experiences and perspectives. And you're allowing your subconscious to process and connect new ideas. I'm a huge believer in subconscious thinking. I think it's honestly one of the most powerful ways to think. But creative hibernation is this period that can be filled with activities such as reading, just walking through nature, and engaging in different forms of art that maybe you don't normally put your hands to, right? Or maybe sometimes just being in solitude. But it's giving yourself permission to step back from your creative pursuits, to simply just step back, to get new ideas, to check out things you've never looked at, to walk through a museum that you've never been through before, or to, to watch a documentary, or to watch um, a live performance of something that you normally wouldn't do, right? So have you ever given yourself permission to step back from your creative pursuits? Have you ever said, you know what, this is something so off the beaten path, maybe I should try it, just for fun. Try it. You will be surprised. Because giving permission to yourself for the freedom to actively create, but to live in a state of openness and curiosity. I mean, how often do we allow ourselves this, right? How often do we pause and acknowledge that sometimes the best way to move forward is just to stand still or to walk somewhere you've never been? And speaking of embracing new experiences and expanding our horizons. I want to share something I'm personally passionate about and super excited, which is learning new languages. Uh, I've, I just love languages. For me, I, if I'm going to spend time with my eyes on the screen, I would much rather be learning something new and engaging rather than mindlessly scrolling through social media. So this fall, why not start speaking a new language? language, Babbel. I found that Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons designed by over 150 language experts are so effective. They have helped me start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Right now, I'm working on French. It's not just about learning words and grammar. It's real language learning for real conversations. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations rooted in real-life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. And here is a special limited-time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Yes, you heard me, 55% off at babbel.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Calm. Start learning a new language this fall. Maybe French, and we can try to talk to each other. Maybe you can teach me something, because I'm just at the beginning. But learn a new language this fall, and be the exception, not the rule. Trust me, it is a fulfilling way to spend your screen time learning something that expands your world and connects you with others. Learning a new language with Babbel can be a refreshing way to engage your mind and expand your world. So, let's turn our attention now to another form of engagement, one that involves our bodies, our minds, and a harmonious movement. Finally, mindful movement. The concept of mindful movement 
is really simple. I know it sounds complex, but it's something like yoga or tai chi or even just a leisurely walk, right? It's rest that doesn't simply mean stillness, mindful movement. It's a practice that marries the physical with the mental. So you're creating this balance that nurtures both your body and your soul. A lot of times we see physical activity through the lens of achievement. How much weight can we lift? How fast can we run? How many calories did we burn? <sighs> but mindful movement, it invites us to step away from this. It's not about how much we can push our bodies, but how deeply we can connect with them. Imagine the gentle flowing movements of Tai Chi, each motion deliberate and infused with intention. Or the practice of yoga. You guys know I am a devoted yogi, where each pose is, it's just an opportunity to explore the limits and capabilities of your body, not as a challenge to be conquered, but as a, it's almost like a personal conversation, right? Even a simple walk can be transformed into a mindful journey where each step becomes a just a simple chance to connect to the world around you, to feel the earth beneath your feet, to breathe in your surroundings, and to listen to where you are. This approach to movement is about finding what is calm and restorative. It's about moving in a way that honors your body. Right, that acknowledges its needs and its strengths. And it's a practice of gratitude. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to, to do the stretches and to do the things with yoga. And I just, a lot of times I just say, thank you, legs. I appreciate you being strong enough to do that. But for the ability to move, right? So you have this connection between mind and body for the simple joy that just comes from being present in each moment. So when was the last time? When was the last time you engaged in a physical activity? Not for exercise, not to burn calories, not to get better abs, and not to just reach a goal, but just for the joy of movement and the peace it brings. When have you moved your body purely for pleasure, without any expectation or objective? So the next time you do, be present. Be present in how it feels to let go of the need to achieve and instead embrace the experience and just the movement. As it teaches us that rest and activity, believe it or not, they are not opposites. They don't have to be, but they actually complement each other. It shows us that peace can be found not just in stillness, but also in motion and the gentle ebb and flow of our bodies through space. It's a reminder that sometimes the most profound rest comes from aligning our movements with our breath, our intentions and our actions. And it's in these simple acts of moving through the world that we actually connect with ourselves. Believe it or not, rest can be dynamic, that it can be found in the the graceful arc of an arm, the steady rhythm of a walk, and the gentle stretch of a muscle. It's a practice that brings us back to ourselves, to that pleasure of being in our bodies. 
And so as we reflect on these forms of rest that I've just shared with you, I want to go back to that garden. Our lives have seasons. There's a time for growth. There's a time for activity. There's a time for rest. And there's a time for rejuvenation. Embracing this winter phase is not just beneficial. It's actually essential. So as we close this chapter, think about embracing your own winter. Think about finding ways to quiet your mind, to turn off the constant buzz, to let your creativity flow, and to get deep, restoring rest. It's not about halting everything. It's about choosing what brings you back to life. I'm going to say that again. Rest is not about halting everything. It's about choosing what brings you back to life like this garden and the dormant season, you're not just sitting around. You're getting ready. You're setting the stage for new growth, for the, the beauty that comes next. So acknowledge you need rest. It's like tuning a, a piano, right? You're preparing it to sound its best. That's what you're doing when you rest. And rest, it's not about doing nothing. It's about doing what matters. Stripping away the excess and focusing on what really counts. It's not a pause. It's a breath. Giving ourselves this time, we're not just getting by. You're flourishing. Breathe deeply. Welcome the winter seasons as you prepare for the bright, radiant springs that in time... Their time will follow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for living. And may you embrace the fullness of rest to understand the fullness of living and all that it brings with each season. And until next time, be kind to your mind. And join me again as we calm it down. To find more episodes of Comet Down, see where I may be appearing in your area, or to simply want to know where to send me some chocolate chip cookies, visit cometdownpodcast.com. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson, composer, pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and not intended, nor should they, serve as a substitute for medical advice or diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you. And you should only act upon the advice of this physician. Now, I'm an extreme empath by nature. But my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or a physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this in future podcast episodes to aid those needs. 
So to find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit CometDownPodcast.com. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review, or better yet, share it with a friend. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come, as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of mental and emotional health. Thank you for listening. Thank you for living. And until next time, be kind to your mind and join me again as we calm it down. <laughs>